0: Welcome to the Acts Church Leander podcast. You can join us on Facebook or in person every Sunday at 9 30 a.m. All
1: right, our reading for today uh, is from each of the four Gospels as well as from Acts that include uh, Jesus' final words to his disciples before uh, his ascension. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then his very last words before his ascension, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth.
0: All right, I encourage you guys to uh, pray with me as we begin in our sermon time. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you so much for your words that you give not only to your disciples, but to us, who are also your disciples, called by you to continue to uh, just share the message in which you give to us, Lord. Father, I pray that these words would uh, pierce our hearts as we're uh, both comforted and challenged to go out and to share your message. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. So, we have five different texts for today. It's kind of been a while since I've preached, so I figured with these five texts, I would just like do five different sermons today, right? Um, I hope you guys are, <laughs> you guys did not laugh at all. Um, Yeah, so we'll be done before the fireworks tomorrow, but it's fine. It'll be good. It'll be good. No, but we're continuing on in our red letter challenge for this morning. Am I this way? This way. There we go. All right. Uh, We're continuing on in our red letter challenge for uh, this morning, and I feel like these last three weeks as we continue on in this sermon series are probably the most, I guess for me, challenging. But it's been really fun to be able to see all these different challenges and different things and hearing the words of Jesus as I read through them and just the encouragement from like the Parnells and from some of our staff and just how great it's really been and transformative, at at least for me. Um, But these next three weeks I think are going to be really challenging because they, they push us into uncomfortable territory into our lives. The, 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 these next two weeks are going to be on giving, which you guys will read, but we're preaching on going today, and then next week it's going to be on going, but Pastor Josh is going to be preaching on giving. So it's kind of reverse. but we're going to be talking about going today, and I think that's a really big challenge for us because I think there's always some fears about going, right? Sometimes when you hear these words of Jesus to say, go and make disciples, or you're going to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, it's, it's kind of scary, right? And there were some hesitations and some fears even throughout the scriptures that people had when God gave them the command to go. I think of people like Abraham when he's like, Abraham, I'm going to have you go to this place that I'm not going to tell you where the directions are and where we're going, but you're just going to go. And Abraham's like, yeah, cool, I guess, maybe. Or, or the Israelites, when they get out of slavery and God rescues them and puts them into the wilderness, they have no idea where they're going, but to the promised land in which God had promised to give to Abraham generations long ago. They, they weren't sure of what they were getting themselves into, and they knew that they were going to end up going into enemy territory, which means they would have had to fight. But the problem with that is that the Israelites were slaves, not soldiers. Or if you think about how the disciples were called by Jesus to go out two by two to do all these amazing things like healings and exorcisms and sharing the gospel and going out and sharing with other people about this good news of the kingdom, they might have had some fear and hesitation. I mean, they weren't experts. They were outcasts from society, right? And yet time and time again throughout the scriptures, as we continue to read, we see that God has been faithful to walk with them through every step in order to accomplish his will. And oftentimes for us, because God has been faithful in the past to walk with those into uncharted territory, he's gonna continue to be faithful to us even as the church walks through uncharted territory as well, right? I mean, we made it through the pandemic, which we didn't think was possible with all the political discourse that's going on. Sometimes we might think, well, how's the church going to handle this? And so there might be some real fears and hesitations that keep us from sharing the gospel with one another. So one of the things that we're going to talk about today is we're going to go through four different fears or hesitations that one might have when going out to share the good news of Jesus. So we're going to talk about these four, and I'm just going to break it down. First one, I don't know how to go and make disciples. I don't know how to go and make disciples. I don't know what that means. Second one is this, I don't know enough about the Bible. Maybe there might be some, some fear or hesitation in that. Third one is, I'm afraid that I might get rejected or judged for what I believe. This is crucial in our, in our state of uh, where we're at in culture. And the last one, which I think is really important, is I don't want to ruin a relationship because of my faith in Jesus. All right, so we're going to break these down one by one first one is this. I don't know how to make disciples. If you're anything like me at all, um, I'm one of those people that like, uses a GPS for everything. Like Anytime like, I'm going somewhere, even if I stay in the Leander area, like, I just got to make sure I know where I'm going just in case I get turned around. Right? So I, put my, I punch it in. I need to know every single direction over and over again. Or I just need to be told, like, what exactly I need to do. Maybe I need to, like, make a list or something. Maybe you guys are just like, yeah, cool, like, whatever. I just got to figure it out. But, but for me, it's really hard. So a couple weeks ago, I was actually in California, in Irvine, California. I'm currently getting my master's of theology um, with an emphasis in research, which just means it's a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Uh, it's great. Uh, but it also means that I'm a big nerd. And I was surrounded by a bunch of nerds in class for 10 days, for four hours a day, like, talking about theology. Like, raise your hand if you want to be a part of that. No? Nobody? All right, we got one. All right. It was amazing. I was surrounded by all of these brilliant people. My professor was brilliant. Even our pastor didn't even raise his hand. Can we just talk about that? Like, oh, man. Oh, boy. We got a problem. Anyways... It was so great. I was, I, I nerded out so hard. It was so great. I was surrounded by all these amazing people who were getting their masters and going to eventually do ministry elsewhere in a different context. And it was, um, it was just so great. We had such great conversation. We had different topics that we talked about. And uh, towards the end of our time, our professor, he was like, okay, so like everything that we've talked about from this point on, is going to be on your final and it's going to be an open book and open note test. And some of you high schoolers are probably like, oh man, I wish I could get that. Right. Um, like it's basically like, you don't have to study like all the notes that you taken, all the work that you've done can be used to do this final. And all the conversations that we had during that time could be used for the final. Well, literally a day before the final, literally a day before the final, one person raises their hand and they're like, okay, so what, like, what exactly is going to be on the final? And I'm just like, we've talked about this already. We've gone through this. We have all the notes and all the things prepared. But what happens so often is that we are creatures of information that always need a roadmap to everything right? And the beautiful thing about the Christian life is that there is so much more freedom than that. If we go back to the Great Commission, the uh, first part of it, Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, therefore, go. And this word, therefore, go, really is translated to, as you are going, make disciples. As you are living out your life in a natural, organic way, make disciples. As you're at your job, make disciples. As you're with your family around a dinner table or restaurant or hanging out, make disciples. As you're saying goodnight to your kids make disciples. As you continue to do the most mundane things in life, Jesus is saying, I want you to go and make followers of me, to be a witness to the God that has rescued you from death, to allow ourselves to let Jesus be a natural outpouring of our life there's this new trend that I don't know if you guys have gotten into yet at all, but it's called errand dates. Like errands, like you know how you run errands? Like you go grocery shopping or you do laundry, or you do this. Like errand dates, like you actually like invite someone, like a friend or you know, a significant other with you. And you just like spend time with each other as you're like doing the most like regular things in life because obviously Americans are just too busy at this point to do like sit down and have conversations with people, right? There's this new trend that continues to go on and one of the things that I really love is one of uh, our middle school students uh, last year in confirmation class, I was just talking to him about his weekend and he was sharing that uh, he just like FaceTimes with his like friends and like doesn't just like talk to them. He just like kind of just walks around the house and like, plays video games. And it's kind of like this weird thing, I think, for us in different generations. But it's also like this really beautiful thing of like, I just want to continue to do life with you as I'm doing things right? And being able to make disciples is just this lifelong thing that Jesus has given to us and to be able to do life together with each other and to share that life with each other. And the perfect example was that was Jesus, right? He continued to make disciples as he was going out to places, as he ate. He was very intentional about being with people that were far off from society and invited them to a meal and continued to make disciples over and over again. It's this natural outpouring of being able to make disciples. The second one is this is I don't know enough about the Bible. And I'm sure maybe a couple of you maybe feel like this. Even sometimes I feel like this. as a master's student in theology. But this is what Jesus says in Mark 16, 15. He says this. Go into all the world and preach Genesis through Malachi in the Old Testament and then Matthew to Revelation in the New Testament to all of creation right? No, he says to preach the what? To preach the gospel to all creation. Now, this is not to say that the Bible is not important because the Bible contains the gospel, which is Jesus himself, right? Shares about the life, the work, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And that is the gospel. The gospel in Greek is euangelion, which means the good news. And right now in the world of bad news, it, the church could really be a place of good news. The, the people of God can be a place of good news. Right? This good news is that Jesus' life, death, resurrection gives us a new way for us to live together and a new hope that all things that we see are broken in this world will eventually be made right. That, that's the kind of hope that people desperately need. That's the kind of hope that I need on a regular basis over and over. Now, part of this temptation could just be well, if I don't know the gospel and I don't know the Bible, then I can just continue to live this good life and just let the gospel speak for itself by being a good person. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a terrible person, but I'm definitely not like a good person, right? I mean, I can't let my life alone speak about the overall work of Jesus. And Paul says it this way. He argues that faith comes from hearing the gospel, to let our words and our actions be a reflection of the God who rescued us from death and gave us into eternal life. How many of you guys watch movies or TV shows? Raise your hand. Okay, so most of you. Uh, I just finished, (laughs) so you're a normal person, Um, I just finished uh, Stranger Things uh, season four. Um, My wife and I binge watched it for two weeks all the way up until like the second volume came out. Excellent show. Amazing show. And I've been, like, wanting to share with, like, other people that have seen it just, like, to talk about it, right? To talk about the story, how I felt changed by it. Or if there are people that haven't watched it, I'm like, you guys need to watch it. Like, I'm trying to get my parents to watch it so badly, like, but they're not budging at all. But it's fine. It's not a big deal. But, like, I still want people to experience that same story that I felt changed and compelled to share as well. But what if the church was more excited to share the story of the gospel in that way? What, what if the life, death, resurrection, and eventual return of Jesus compelled us enough to be able to say, hey, I want to be able to share in this life with you and with other people in the gospel? Third one, I'm afraid that I might get rejected or judged for what I believe. I, I think right now there is a lot of this happening within our church, uh, within our culture, just on anything, right? There's this fear of rejection or judgment. Especially with all of these different politics that are going around, and media, and all these different things, we're in a politically charged society, and people have a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. And it's sometimes really scary for us to share what we believe because we don't want to get canceled, right? There's this uh, amazing TED Talk that I saw. I don't know if anyone watches TED Talks anymore, Uh, but there's this guy named Jian Jiang, And uh, he did uh, a TED Talk on a 100-day rejection challenge. Don't worry. This is not our next challenge after a red-letter challenge. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, But for 100 days, he filmed himself going and doing the most ridiculous things and getting rejected. And he shares his experience in this TED Talk. I highly encourage you guys to watch it when you guys get home, not now. Uh, But some of the different challenges that he gives is that he goes and he asks a stranger to borrow $100. Like, like, of course you're gonna get rejected by that, right? And like, he just talks about his experience, or um, this is my favorite one. He goes to a restaurant and he orders a burger, and then he goes up to the uh, register and he asks for a burger refill. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) Like, that is just incredible. But what's amazing about this is that he actually became desensitized to this pain and shame that rejection often brings. And in this process, he ended up discovering that just simply asking for what you want can bring up possibilities where you often would find dead ends. I think that's what the church actually needs right now, right? To be bold enough to be able to say, well, what are the possibilities that God has put in my life with people that I have yet to talk to and to share about Jesus or to live my life at or to just talk with the stranger that I know is having a bad day? Right. This is challenged challenge to embrace this rejection and see what the Holy Spirit, what possibilities could happen. And ultimately, for us as followers of Jesus, we know that the person who faced the most rejection was Jesus himself. As he was rejected by the people that first loved him but ended up killing him. And also by the God that continued to love him, completely abandoned him on the cross. As he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken, abandoned, rejected me? But ultimately, we know that his rejection was for our acceptance as well. And so we can share that acceptance and love of grace to other people around us. And the last one is this. I don't want to ruin a relationship because of my faith in Jesus. I'm sure every one of us can probably think of someone that maybe hasn't heard the gospel or hasn't been a chance to experience Christ yet or Maybe it's just been really rebellious, and maybe just doesn't want to hear it, right? Or, or maybe you feel held back from sharing that or sharing your life. We, maybe we don't want to be seen as, as those people, if you guys know what I'm talking about, right? But, but Jesus says this, and I think this is so interesting. He starts off the Great Commission by saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to him. And then he ends it with saying, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If if Jesus has all authority by killing death by his own death and still lives to this day victoriously, and he says he's going to be with us to the very end, then that means that your relationship with the people that you love is in his hands and not yours. What if this could lead to more deeper, more impactful relationships to those that you already love and care about? Because the most loving and caring thing that you can do for a person is to be able to share with them the very one that loves and cares, them, cares about them more than you. Oftentimes, Christians get a bad rap, right? We get called. What's the number one thing that Christians get called? Does anyone know? Hypocrite. Wow, you guys know it really well. Uh yeah, hypocrite. Well, what if we were to live out the Great Commission in a way that actually makes us be a reflection of who Jesus is rather than being called for something that oftentimes we get judged for, right? What if we lived that out as far as sharing that love of Jesus with other people that we know and care about so much that we want them to have a relationship with Christ as well? And this is what's amazing too, is that it seems like the whole world is on your shoulders. It seems like all the responsibility Jesus is saying, no, 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 this is for you guys to do, right? But we have to go back to the Great Commission because he says, all authority has been given to me. And so I want you to go out and be my ambassadors, which means that it seems like everything is on you, but really it's on him. That faith in Christ is not dependent on you because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now this word power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's Greek, dynamis. And it's the same word as dynamite. Jesus gives us this explosive, amazing power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside each and every one of us baptized believer. The, the work of the Holy Spirit is to create faith in those, not, not on us. He just uses us as, as a vessel, as an instrument to be able to share that love, that grace, that mercy. To be what? When you receive power, you will be my witnesses. We, we just get to witness what God has done to us, has done in our lives over and over again. I, I have friends and family, that I've had the opportunity, and not by my own power, but like just opportunities to just share the gospel and just talk about Jesus and talk about God and talk about faith. My favorite is when people say, I'm, I'm not Christian, but I'm spiritual. I'm like, oh, like, I want to hear more about that. It's really great. We live in a, in a culture of mysticism right now, which I think is really fascinating and a great opportunity. Um, I, I still don't know where some of my friends stand as far as their relationship with God. I have a friend that I got coffee with about eight years ago, and it was the first time, I still remember to this day, we went to a Starbucks, and uh, I got to share the gospel with him for the very first time. Not religious, his family's a completely different religion. And uh, my friend still hasn't gotten baptized, still hasn't confessed Jesus as Lord, is not still a believer, but it's still an open conversation that I just allow the Spirit to work In his life and in my life as well. And this is the key about being a witness is that my job is not to change people. Our job is not to change people, but to be a a witness to the one who can change people. Now just imagine, imagine with me if these fears and hesitations didn't stop the gospel from coming out of the mouths and the lives of the people of Acts Church Leander. There's a lot of fears. There's a lot of hesitations. Maybe it's one of these four. Maybe it's a combination of these four. Maybe it's not any of these four. Maybe there's something else that's going on. But just imagine if these were to not stop us from being able to share the gospel into the lives of people, what impact that can make. Has this changed the way that you live your life tomorrow or right after this service? Or if we took the, the motto that we have of equip, send, and bless— to terms into our heart? What if these red-letter challenge of, of Jesus, these red letters, shaped how we cared for one another, how we cared for our neighborhoods, how we cared for our community partners here at Acts? What does going look like for you this week? Maybe there's opportunities you have as you celebrate Fourth of July with some friends or with some family to be able to just maybe sit and pray with people, or, or an open conversation may not mean that you talk to them, but that you listen. Maybe your prayer life can be more intentional with the people that you meet and talk to on a regular basis. Maybe as a church, sometimes we can become so concerned by, by the social media and the media and, and all the different things that we hear from around the country. What if we became less concerned about that and more compassionate and concerned for our neighbors in our immediate communities? What if you just became a less anxious person? Not giving into this fear of rejection. What what if this meant for you having a better understanding of the gospel that actually transformed our lives and allowed the Spirit to work? I, I love it because when we prayed with the volunteers this morning, uh, one of the things that Lexi said, she gave us a reminder that the church is not a building, but it's the people that Jesus Himself is building which means when, when Jesus calls the church to go, he's not just calling the institution to go. He, he's calling the people together. And, and that looks in completely different ways for us as God has given us so many gifts and talents and passions in all sorts of areas of our life. And, and maybe as you look through this list, maybe you think, I, I don't know, maybe there's still some fear, right? My, my hope was not to convince you to change immediately, right? But that's the work of the Spirit for you to be able to wrestle with. But we're going to go into a time of confession and absolution, and I'm going to invite the band to come forward. And we're just going to take some time to confess in times that we haven't been very faithful to the calling that God has given to us. Maybe to those opportunities that maybe we should have prayed for someone, or maybe should have listened to someone more, or just times where we felt that fear or hesitation in our lives. Because this is what's amazing about confession, is that, is that as we bring our fears and hesitations to him, he lays it down at the foot of the cross, and he says, it's been done. It's complete. You've been forgiven. So I'm going to go into a time of prayer, and we're going to take a moment of silence together as the band just plays lightly, and then I'm going to end and just share the gospel with you guys because we all need to hear that gospel that continues to bring healing. Let's pray. Jesus, there have been times when we have not been witnesses to your glory, to your majesty, to the work that you've done in our lives over and over again. Jesus, there have been times when we have not been faithful in our words and our actions to you. And Jesus, at this time, we know that you hear our prayers over and over again. And so, Lord, we just want to lift up to you those fears and hesitations that are on our hearts, to be able to share the gospel with at this time. Acts Church slander. Jesus has forgiven you of the times that you've missed out on opportunities to share the gospel, of times that you've failed to reflect Christ, at times that you've brought judgment in your own mind and thought and heart. That, that's been nailed to the cross. It's been finished. Your sins have been paid in full. From things that you've done in the past to the things that you're currently doing to the things that you'll do in the future, it's been paid for in full. And so now we're called as ambassadors of Christ with these words from John 20, 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, as he sent Jesus, I am sending you. Axe Church, you guys are loved and sent and forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at AxeChurchLeander.com.